like I said, I got no problem with weird. I want weird. This is a comic book movie. So, Mr. Jones, here we are. PSAPs number 17. Oh, my God. And we, we decided we really need to talk about I'm not ashamed of it. People have to get help where they can. I'm glad I I'm glad I sought out therapy. Um, you don't you shouldn't self-diagnose. But I had a feeling I had quantum mania. Yes. And um, it was really reassuring to get the uh, official diagnosis that I have rampant. Rampant. <laughs> mania. Uh, yeah, I assume you saw it like I did probably as soon as you could. Yeah. I saw it Thursday night. The, yeah, saw it on Thursday. Thursday afternoon. <laughs> oh, damn it. The, the Thursday afternoon for me is Thursday night for you. Um, True. So we were probably seeing it at the same time, Chad. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and this is what I'll say to, because I'm sure you've also seen, this happens with every Marvel movie, blowback. And I understand the the impulse to blow back against anything that's had this extended popularity, you know, and and critics just, they're turning on like Marvel, they celebrated for a while, and now they're like, Jesus, here we go again. Another <laughs> CGI fest. Gee, oh, what did we get out of this one? I don't know. Some more globity gloop. Here's what you needed to watch before this. Oh, God, why do we have to do homework? I'm like, calm the fuck down. <laughs> I always say, like, because John and I, of course, constantly talk about this stuff just like you and me, and I sit there going, like, um, I will join the choir that says it's time for superhero movies to go away once they are unequivocally bad. Once Marvel actually is just like, sorry, we're totally out of inspiration and this stuff is just bad, then yeah. I mean, just like with the Westerns of the 50s and the spy movies of the 60s, things catch on, they become the zeitgeist and... Uh, they die out. Usually they die out, not necessarily because audiences are sick of them, though audiences can be fickle. But generally speaking, it's because quality goes down. And so far, at least as far as Marvel's concerned, it hasn't. Yeah, and I think I think well in the past, you're thinking about like the old serials and uh, like the old you know the old Flash Gordon stuff. A lot of I think a reason why that stuff has gone is just, especially God, in the past twenty years or so, attention spans have changed. Yeah. Like, We've, we've talked about this in some of the, the like the 1980s and 70s shows that we've talked about. There's the production quality was so different back then because <laughs> get away with it. <laughs> yeah. TV, TV in general, they could get away with spending a lot less money on shows than they do now. The, 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 well, even if they had spent more money, the technology wasn't there to really serve certain things. Yeah. Like genre stuff. I mean, they're like, we're doing the best we can. I'm sorry. It looks like shit, but it is 1974. <laughs> right. This is what a bionic man looks like. But even Disney, <laughs> even Disney used to recycle their animation for the major oh, sure. films. Yeah, yeah. That's where they're pulling back. I mean, that that would be an example of quality falling off because they, you know, again, they don't have the money or whatever and audiences aren't turning out uh, and the technology isn't that good. Those excuses aren't here. A lot of people just think uh, a lot of people who aren't. And look, it's not fair. We're both comics fans. So, of course, we're going to champion this stuff. But I I sit there going like, yeah, but can you watch this if you're not a comic book fan and enjoy it? I think think you can. Yeah. I think you can. Will you understand all all that's going on? Mm -hmm. No, but I think they do a decent enough job with enough like setup of like, okay, famous Avenger guy. Uh, got you know, and and this lady was in the quant. Okay, quantum. Run. All right, all right. No, it's impossible. Okay, it's impossible to explain if you haven't seen some of these things. But I think that it does a good job along the way, like most Marvel movies, giving you a core emotional thing. No matter how crazy things get, this is about a father trying to rescue his daughter. I mean, bottom yeah. line, he's like, these are people I care about. I have to get them back. I will make deals with the devil, a.k.a. Kang, 
and uh, he will renege on them, and I will say, screw you, buddy. <laughs> screw you, buddy. The only places where Marvel films have kind of lost me, because I mean, to get to the point, we'll talk about this more in a second, what we actually thought of this movie. I liked it. Um, me too. The, the, but there's plenty of Marvel films before this that I didn't like so much. I didn't really Ooh. dislike any of them. Some of them I, th- I thought were even like the earliest ones, you know, my, my major, my major beef with most of them that I like eh, about is like either the villains, not very strong. Yeah. Or they've gone a little bit too hard. Like they can't figure out what tone they want. Like with Thor, love and thunder, which is just, you're just, I'm just cringing at half the jokes they do. I'm like, but just, yeah, get on with the story. Could you stop trying to be funny for a second, please? I, I, I have the same complaints, but I, I will say this when you look at the, and yeah, they're not all winners. Um, <laughs> and what I usually say is even the worst Marvel movie, I have found more entertaining than the best of the DC movies, but that's yes. again, me, I'm a DC guy. I want to be sitting there going, Jesus God, that justice league was amazing. No, we're not getting that. Yeah. Um, and you know, Thor dark world, I defend it. I mean, I don't think it's great and talk about a wasted actor. I mean, Christopher Eccleston is amazing, but given that nothing to do as that's a good villain in the comics, but Malekith, the leader of the dark elves. And he's just, the whole movie's like going, we will bring back darkness. Great. Yeah. No, really, we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about? No. Hold on. <laughs> no, just about the darkness. <laughs> and they go, yeah. wow, that guy, poor dude. And then everyone was so excited by Ragnarok because it was a breath of fresh air and Thor was allowed to be a little goofier, which I felt was kind of a mistake. I think Taika Waititi's an amazing director. But I also think he has instincts that it's like, oh, don't encourage. Because <laughs> I think with Love and Thunder, where he's like going, oh, Ragnarok worked. Everyone loved it. Great. I'm going to go even co- more colorful, more wacky. And I'm like, you know, this is Thor, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Hemsworth is very funny. I mean, I think that yeah. guy's got a comedy gene. Absolutely. But I'm sitting there going, oh, you know, my problem with Ragnarok was not the humor or the color, I was sitting there going, you're dealing with the death of Odin and yeah. the destruction of Asgard. Sure. Ragnarok, you're dealing with heavy shit. Maybe save that tone for like a Thor movie where he is just bopping around the universe with Hulk or whatever and do that. But if you want to include something as major as the destruction of Asgard, maybe not so funny. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. th- I mean, th- that's being specific about those, but I'm just saying that generally speaking, Marvel has an amazing, when you take a look at it, the track record of 20 mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Almost 20 years. It's like, good Lord, man. Yeah. I mean, even even the movies that I I'm, that are not at the top of my list, and that would be Iron Man 2 and 3 and Thor Dark World, mm-hmm. Love and Thunder. I would probably, well, maybe with the exception of Love and Thunder, <laughs> I would watch all of those again, you know, even though I'm not like, you know, I don't, the Mickey Rourke's villain and Iron Man 2 is boring to me. I'd still watch it because there's some great scenes in that movie. And I love, you've you know, always hated Whiplash, though. I know you've always <laughs> hated that character. Don't get me started about Whiplash. <laughs> um, I want you to bring me my bird. But even, even Where's they, my bird? I was like, why do I care about this guy? <laughs> why am I? How can I care? But even even Jeff Bridges' villain in the first movie, I thought was kind of. Eh. He, know, he wants know. he wants to keep the the gravy train rolling. He doesn't want yeah. a woke uh, Tony Stark stopping to make wep stop making weapons, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, but again, like I said, I I I have watched it many times. I would watch it again. That of course that's that's actually one of my favorite. I, I say that that's my that's my probably that's my only what clip started that it film. all. <laughs> yeah, because that's like I said before. I think that's the best origin story ever told in a comic book movie. It's just wow. I think so. I I, th- I think it's really well done. And as I said before, I was so impressed with the updating of taking the you know, fairly cheesy one, uh, his origin from the original comics, but making it work in the modern day and giving it yeah. resonance. I'm like, wow. Right. Because in the comics, there's not a lot of that soul searching. That's it, it was 1962 or three or whatever. When they, and so, no, they don't have Tony Stark going, what have I done? This right. is all on me. 
oh my God, I brought this about. Like the whole thing about Stark weapons have fallen into the hands of... No, that's not in there. True. True. Yeah. But they made it work. And it, they did. It, there's a really good build up to the moment where he finally activates the, the prototype suit for the first yeah. time. And just like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah fuck yeah, exactly. Really well done. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> back Quantum to the subject at hand. So you liked it. I did. What was your, should we give it like a score? We haven't really done that on the show. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, what would he, from one to 10 or kind of thing? I guess so. Yeah. I would say it's a solid seven. I think I'm right there with you. I mean, I as I said to John, I, John and I saw it together. I walked out and said, that is upper middle tier Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> like, we weren't doing number scores, but it was like upper middle tier, which means it's good and, and so solid. It didn't blow me away with the exception of the villain. And that is what this movie is about. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think everybody does a good job. No one slept walk through the movie, and mm-hmm. I really loved team ant-man like everybody marvel's good about this too everyone gets their moment mm-hmm. like everyone gets their hero moment and of course they're setting up cassie she becomes stature she becomes part of the young avengers great love that they're setting it up and all their relationships feel great you know it's like of course i'm really happy about scott and hope uh but i'm equally happy that hank and jan are back together that's wonderful this is all good and it feels good to be back with them because they're they're fun but this movie's about setting up the next big bad and jonathan majors owns every second that he is on screen yeah that dude yeah i love him i, I did you watch lovecraft country by the way yeah, we, we mentioned series? it briefly. I've watched I watched a lot of it, but I did it, oh, it, right. it lost me eventually around. only because I'm not a huge horror fan. Because they would go hardcore into some I mean I some of that stuff they would go and I'm like, oh that's a little bit There's too so over much the line weird for me. Stuff in it. Oh, sure. Yeah. But I love that they every week they would explore a different genre of horror. Yeah. Yeah. It or goes into just crazy sci fi yeah. and of course it goes very gross body horror. It does a lot of stuff. Yeah. But Jonathan Majors is great and everything I've seen him in. Um, and then when Loki came around, I was like, oh, yeah, man, you're what a great take on Kang. And I was a little like, I don't know if he seems eccentric and weird. And then he's like, no, no, this is just one of me. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm the kill good me one. Off. Yeah, yeah, I'm the good one. I know you think I'm weird, but I'm the good one. And I'm all that standing between you and all those dudes. Mm-hmm. And now we know who the worst of them is because the Council of Kang. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they they put the worst of them in the the fucking quantum realm. I love yeah. it. Jumping ahead to the post credit scenes, people. Oh my god! By the way, people, why the show, are you this show is this? always spoilers. Nothing but spoilers. So yeah, why, out of here if you haven't seen the movie yet. I mean, we could literally just do a, a thing where we go. I enjoyed it. He shrank yeah. down. He grew uh, big. <laughs> Enjoy the movie, everybody. Dun, dun, dun. But I really loved that. Uh, the the second scene, I was like, what, what's it going to be? What's going to be? And the fact that they're tying it back into Loki with the second scene, is like, love it. I love it that they're being so inclusive now of their whole current canon. They're well, not ignoring all, the TV shows. Well, I think they, because those TV shows, the ones for Disney, those are made by Kevin Feige and all those yeah. people. Yeah. They, they've had to, they always distance themselves from the Netflix and the ABC shows. Right. I mean, Coulson really is the only thing that connects them. Uh, if you do the ABC shows, yeah. Um, but really, they're they're like, we'll never hear about the Inhumans. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're right. never gonna go. Except for, well, shut my mouth because literally shut my mouth because we got Black Bolt and Do- Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness played right. by Anson Mount again. So yeah. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as I, w- I was. Agents of Shield was a show that had some really strong moments, and but it took a long time to get going. Yeah, and what's what's was kind of frustrating is that it was supposed to be canon initially, and they did yeah. have some people. You know, obviously Coulson was Sif. pulled from the movies. Yeah, it's a, from from uh, Thor uh, and some other people um, appeared. Well, obviously Nick Cage was in the first, the very Nick first Cage? episode. Sorry, Luke. Was it Luke Cage? Sorry, <laughs> no, not Luke Cage. Luke, uh, damn it, Luke. Nick Fury. Nick Fury. God damn it. <laughs> you you took quite a journey. <laughs> I, Nick Cage just goes, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. But I'm what's I'm up this for it, about? Man. 
<laughs> I'm Ghost Rider. And then they bring in another guy like, no, it's this guy. Oh, God, it's embarrassing. But yeah, we had Samuel Jackson appeared a cameo at the end of the first yeah, episode. Yeah, I mean, so nice. they did kind of like um, we're suggesting this is the thing, but it was always watered down MCU, it, which bugged me. I was like, this it, is, it's I know it's ABC, but it's, some of its strongest material is when they were react. They were reacting to uh, where Shield was falling apart. So then they responded to that, and the the, whole, the the series completely changed its shape and format and setting and everything in response to yeah. that, which was really exciting. Then I thought when Endgame came around, I thought you know Infinity War. I thought, well, this is going to be interesting, and they just chose to completely ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, wasn't it something like by that point, I, I had stopped watching, but isn't it something like by that point they were in space? So they they, they went missed, into space. Well, but they, how they, did they miss the blip? The blip was universe wide. They, they did address like so Thanos was mentioned at the end of this oh. one season. They said, oh, Thanos is here. It's going to be bad. And and so that <laughs> one season ended like right as Infinity War Thanos was, is here. was happening. I don't have any chips. I literally, I was yeah. not prepared for <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> And then they, someone run to the store. They come back for the next season, and it's like they they're just like, well, all they, they, I think even the I read oh, somewhere crap. too. Thanos that, is here. <laughs> yeah, oh, great. Uh, I think no that the producers funny. of that show were kept in the dark so much they they didn't know that the blip was coming. So they all the stuff they were writing just did not work. <laughs> Thanos, do you mind? I can't see Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Here come old flat top. He come moving up slowly. Okay, sorry. We're getting off track again. No, all uh, right. But um, no, I liked that too, obviously, um, because I guess that is um, another incarnation of of uh, of Kang in like Earth's past. I mean, Kang for me, the first button scene was the shit because i'm sitting there a he's playing them all differently which i know for an actor Mm -hmm. he's having a blast like here's the old guy here's the younger dude but we're talking about because kang canonically in the comics not only are there multiples across the multiverse but they have taken different names like rama tut and we see jonathan majors is rama tut i'm like fuck yeah, man, it's an Immortus. <laughs> Immortus is the old one. That's Immortus. So again, a Marvel nerd like myself, I'm like, it's Immortus and <laughs> Ramatut. Oh, um, and I have expected <laughs> there was one line of dialogue when they were talking that I thought almost might be a setup for Fantastic Four because they say like, um, what is it? It's like, uh, it's like Ant Man or whatever. Those guys seem to have stopped him, and Immortus goes like, "No, it wasn't them. We know who stops him." In other words, it seems like no, oh. th- they were just part of that. But we know. In other words, they know who's coming. Like yeah. primary big, you know, badass is the Fantastic Four. That's that's hope. That's wish fulfillment. But um, I loved all that stuff. And then literally they show us a Council of Kangs where it's a CG fest of thousands of Jonathan Majors, which, which I've was, had dreams like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I, I saw some stuff that they, they, some of the stuff they showed in that scene was based on actual comics panels yeah. uh, from the council. From the council. Yeah. yeah. I just I've, love I've, that, that they have all found each other across the multiverse because they're all genius Kangs uh, in the future and so forth. Yeah. And I love that it's like, you know what we should do? We should get together every now and then. How's that sound? A council of Kangs. And again, <laughs> can you imagine the barbecue they must have after that? <laughs> it just looks great. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, again, that was just nerd heaven. And his costume in that movie... This is, you know, my nitpicking. The costume was right. It was the one from the comics. They even thought of a way to make the the headpiece work. Because in the comics, sometimes you're like, you're a brilliant warlord from the future and you wear that. (laughs) (laughs) You wear like some wrestling, purple wrestling helmet with a blue face thing. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, whatever. But they make the blue face thing part of like this energy field. It looks great, man. So what did you think of MODOK? They, they both, um, (laughs) he's okay. 
He's okay. And actually, come on. Let's all be serious about MODOK for one second, can we? In the comics, MODOK has always been kind of pathetic and kind of threatening. Um, and he's a goofy character. He just is. Now, Captain America, he fought MODOK a lot. MODOK has been a serious bad dude. At the same time, the design, which is pure Jack Kirby, is so fucking bizarre that you're like, how can anyone take the big head with the little arms and little legs seriously? So in this movie, they came up with a take, which was very different from the comics because it was Darren Cross, who was Yellow Jacket in the first Ant-Man movie. When his stuff goes wrong, he gets sucked in the quantum realm. Kang saves him, basically, and makes him into MODOK. That's very different from the comics, but it works for the movie continuity. Then they allow him to be pathetic. He's both threatening and pathetic. And then that whole turn at the end where he's just delusional. He's like, I, I'm a hero now. And they're like, sure are, buddy. <laughs> and, and then they allow him to die, which I think is probably for the best. They got as much mileage out of this version of MODOK as they were going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it, it was weird. The effect was also weird. <laughs> yeah. And I think that uh, it sounds to me like some of the reviews I've, I've heard and read um, from people. I was at least a couple of people. I was kind of expecting might actually like the movie. It, it was seemed to MODOK seemed to be the, one of the main points of contention for them. Cause it was just, I think it crossed the line for a lot of people as far as weirdness was and it is how much they were willing to take seriously oh my god i that's one of the things i really liked about the movie is that the thing about the quantum realm is i was thinking this all the way through is how do you visually as in the the art directors the effects people make this different from just like deep space because deep space we've already you know guardians and so forth we've seen a lot of weird shit in marvel movies but it's like the quantum realm is inner space and it needs to be different. So everything they came up with, like the living houses, um, all the eight weird new alien creatures, they don't look like ones we've seen before, except mm -hmm. for again, you're like, a lot of them do look like humans, but still I, I liked all the characters and I liked the realm itself was different from deep space, which was a necessary thing. I did think that they would lean or hint that the quantum realm is the MCU's version of the negative zone in fantastic four. So I, I did come to this movie hoping or expecting they would refer, uh, refer to like someone like Annihilus or blast star. Not that they would show up, but someone people from the negative zone. I was like, do it. And that way we've already been to the negative zone. This is maybe where the fantastic four are right now. Who knows? But no, it's just the quantum realm. And I really liked all the design. It was unique. The alien guy with the, the lantern head, the, the yeah. little blobby guy who's very sweet. And, and you know, he's the guy that's like, drink my goo. And you're like, okay, <laughs> they went weird and I'm okay with that. I, yeah. anytime they leave earth, I want them to get as weird as they want because it's comics, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's comics. I had no problem with Modok as, as a concept too. It's like, but I think I understand why he threw some people because even he, for me, it took some getting used to just visually. Sure. I, I wasn't what really was it, what I was expecting because like, they made with, it, made with it the, look with like the, uh, with the faceplate down, he looks threatening and, and sure. then it's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm Corey Stoll. Don't yeah, you remember like, me? It looks like Corey Stoll, like up in a fish eye lens. Yeah. You know, like, which is, hey buddy. Oh, you almost was, gave me a Modoc vibe right there, dude. Yeah, and I, I'm just <laughs> like, why did they go with this instead, it is of, odd. instead of more like a Jack Kirby uh, grimacey thing? Yeah, why Why did he look so much like Corey Stoll zoomed in instead of put some makeup on that dude and make him modoc -y? Yeah, so that's just the way they decided to go with it. And I wasn't, I got, I wasn't you know. thrown. I mean, I was sitting there going, this no. is kind of goofy, but they're using it for that purpose also. Sure. There were moments like in every Ant-Man movie, no matter how bad the stakes get, Ant-Man, like Guardians, tends to have a humorous thing going on. And they they did that well. When the stakes are high, I did feel it. That's what's good about most of the writing in the Marvel movies is they can have a funny character, but shit will go down that they are not going to be quipping through. Scott mm -hmm. Lang doesn't quip when things are getting 
horrible. He's like, especially not in this movie. Yeah, no. And he's like struggling. And, but then you get the great thing, like the callback to when she goes giant, Cassie does, and then shrinks back down. He's like, you did great. And she's like going, why do I want citrus? He goes, citrus, right? And she goes, I can really eat a whole lime. And he's like going, I know. Isn't that right? (laughs) That that callback to like, Oh, I could really go for an orange wedge when he, when he got giant in the civil war. Oh, or was it Ant-Man okay. 2? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. It was one of them. Yeah. But I was like, little attention to the little details like that I really enjoyed. Now, yeah. here's a couple of questions. Why bring in a Bill Murray, who I love? But I mean, what was that part? It, it was both funny, and then, of course, he gets threatening, and Bill Murray did both well. But I'm like, giant star for a three-minute character. Yeah, and, and really like a character, what uh, the Krylar from the was like he was on like one panel of one comic or something yeah. like that. He was wasn't even. There was really no reason to use a canon character from the. That's kind of true. For that um, scene, I thought William Harper Jackson is that his name? I want to make sure I get it right. I loved him on Good Place. In fact, I've and the Resort. I've loved him in everything I've seen him in, and his character, the psychic guy, great. Oh, yes. And I hope he comes back mainly because a great actor mm-hmm. and that's a weird character. But again, that's not like setting him up to be maybe some stars. This is something I'm thinking about. I've seen people being interviewed like, well, when are you going to do a Marvel thing? And there are, are actors who are like going, man, those contracts, I don't want to be locked down for like 10 years playing a character and all these things where I have to show up and get in makeup and do all that. I think some actors are like going, I want to do a Marvel thing, but can I do a one-off just like be a character that shows up and disappears? They're like, okay. They were talking about him possibly being Reed Richards because he plays hyper intelligent people really well, like in a good place. But now that he's been that guy, whatever that character's name, and they would not make him Reed Richards. Right. But um, regardless, yeah, I, I enjoyed all the side characters. I enjoyed the general thrust of the story, which was pretty basic at the end of the day, just I've got to rescue my family, get them out of here. But you find out disturbing things about, you know, like what Jan had to go through for 30 years in the quantum realm. Um, There is some weight to it, but there's these great little ideas, like all the multiple Scots. And then the way they work as a team, like, like red ants. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. I don't think the comics have even done something like that where it's like, Oh, well, what if Ant-Man becomes ants essentially? And then like going, we got you, buddy. Don't worry. And it's a bunch of Scots helping a other Scott. I'm the real one. No, I'm the real one. That was almost like a, an indie science fiction moment in a huge movie. It was, it was kind of a, it's conceptual idea. Yeah. It was a little bit of a highbrow thing that they were doing there actually which again i respect because they didn't veer from the weird stuff um yeah i loved hank's hero moment at the end as the og ant man with his ant army God. and i mean i again i just i love when they were basically ant man and the wasp and ant man and the wasp mm-hmm. i mean i admit when the first movie came out i'm like really scott lang what about <laughs> hank pym yeah, uh, I got it. Scott Lang being the non-heroic hero, the ex-con. Like, yeah, why? I'm like, yeah, he's a good. But Hank Pym, man, Jan Van Dyne. Yeah, but we got them, and they're great. And that's that, that was one of the things I I, I heard, I've seen some people even criticize like the the final act. It's like, yeah, the final act was was lame or clunky or whatever. I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> we love, just have, I mean, I you have the it. final big battle scene, I, and you yeah. also have Cassie being the one to summon everybody, and it's the rebels versus the dictator. And you're like, yeah, man. I mean, it's basic, there but was, I I wanted it. Yeah, and I, I, I wanted to two- see Kang get beat down. <laughs> <laughs> and we had, you know, this, it was the way they paced it too, I thought was great because initially he's like, he's, you know, stern, but confident when they're first attacking is like, yeah, try your best, whatever. And then, then, then eventually Scott Lang shows up in giant mode and, and, and that's the first time you see Kang go, uh, okay, yeah. uh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that is so again, very smart. And I think that there are some, I think the way they have their meetings says me 
who has no idea. But I, I think that Feige sits there with people he knows are going to be associated with the upcoming movies. And they're like, these are the arcs. And I'm not, I mean, I'm definitely going to oversee all the scripts, but try to work towards this. And in this case, the idea, the concept of we're going to introduce the next Thanos, the big bad, and we are going to introduce him in an Ant-Man movie. And that's the whole point. It is all about the, the hero that everyone makes fun of. Mm-hmm. It's like if they had introduced Darkseid in Aquaman, the guy that everyone, you know, like laughs at because what's your power? Oh, I talk to ants and I can shrink down. But you make him the guy that even Kang just goes, oh, Ant-Man, yeah. Have I killed you before? He's like, oh, you're an Avenger, yeah. You know how many Avengers I've wasted? And again, it's just sort of like, that's cold. And Scott Lang, the whole movie is like, okay, you don't take me seriously, but I'm going to fight you till I die. And that is what heroism is all about. So they, uh, or heroism, sorry, I'll pronounce it correctly. But um, that gives me, you know, superhero chills because I sit there going, that's the whole point. Kang is unstoppable, essentially, but it does not like Scott's like, I have no choice. I can't let him out of here. He will destroy worlds. Uh, Also, I may not succeed in uh, getting home, but I'm going to do this because it has to be done. So the hero moments are all earned. At the end, though, I will say I was thinking they were going to leave them there. That's what I I thought, too. Yeah, I was going to get that, too. I was like, ooh, that'd that'd be interesting. Yeah, but I thought it would be nah. a hinge on another thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I thought it would sort of hinge on maybe not in another Ant-Man and Wasp movie, but maybe that would hinge on like Kang Dynasty or something. It's like, yeah, you know, like, oh, you know, who can save us now? And then it's an Ant-Man surprise moment where it's like, oh, we've been in the quantum realm and here we are. Yeah, I think that would have been kind of cool to end it on a kind of an urgent moment. Yeah, that's true. And and then Cassie could have been sort of in the care of Hank and Janet. Yeah, Uh, but it's okay. They all end up okay and fine. But that 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 giant moment, you know, Scott Lang shows up and he's pissed off, and that that alone for me would have been enough to 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 end that whole battle sequence. But then we get. As you're saying, Hank, Hank Pym show up with a super intelligent ant army. And I was like, fuck yes. I know. I, I love know. that. I fucking love that. It's I so mean, good. Jan gets so many awesome moments, but she's clearly like she's a legend in the quantum realm as being this great warrior. Um, and she gets great moments. Uh, Hope gets great moments. There's a there's a wasp fight sequence where she just like lays out a bunch of people and is zooming around. And I'm like, give me that for days because I yeah. love the fucking wasp. No matter who's in the suit, Hope is a creation of the movies. You know, she's not oh, really? in the comics. Okay, no, she is now. She is now, yeah. obviously, post the success. But there was never a a daughter because continuity wise in Marvel. Hank and Jan are still youngish and being Ant-Man and Wasp. Oh, okay. This thing where it's a generational thing and they were working in the 70s and 80s, you're like, oh, oh, okay, well, sure. But again, these are the changes that the MCU makes that would annoy me if they weren't so well done. Yeah. Because I'm Mr. Nitpicky, but I'm sitting there going like, oh, they make all this work. Yeah. My only two uh, oh, here it quib- comes. quibbles I took away from this, and it, again, this did not really hey, hinder audience, my enjoyment. Hey, audience, sit back. Here come Chad quibbles. <laughs> um, there, it really, it was just initially in the in the beginning of the movie. Um, I was a little getting a little thrown off by just the visuals. Mm. I, I don't think that they did. I don't know if it was an issue of lighting, but when they showed up in the quantum realm, it was like the first 20, 30 minutes that they're in the quantum realm, and they're they're getting acquainted with the rebel uh, camp there uh, where the gelatinous guy is and, and the mind reading character you're just talking about. I, I had no problem with it. What was that? What was happening? But I kept thinking they don't even, it's really obvious to me that they're not there. You know, the way, the way the lighting was a lot and everything. Of people, a lot of people jumped on it is like going, um, you know, 
whatever. It's a bunch of people in front of a green screen and that that's becoming really apparent. And I will say there were parts of this and there were parts of Wakanda forever, especially at the very end of Wakanda forever when they're on top of that Wakandan like submarine having the big fight. And I'm sitting there going like, oh, they're just in front of a green screen. Yeah, yeah. And and that is just, I, I do think Marvel, that's one of the reasons Feige, I think, is trying to pull back how many things are releasing. I think he's aware that the workload is overloading, and they're also getting a lot of complaints. Disney and Marvel are getting a lot of complaints from animation and um, special effects companies. Like, we're not given enough time. We are working like crazy hours trying to get these movies ready. And so I think Feige's like going, I'd rather release fewer that are amazing and really well done than cranking them out. And I will say that there are occasions where, but I'm a guy who grew up with fucking, you know, Condor Man. I'm a guy who grew up with with Christopher Reeve in the last two Superman movies in a green suit because of how shitty they're and the black outlines of like, oh, I'm in front of a blue screen. Look at, oh, oh boy. There's some bad stuff in in earlier movies. So if I can put up with that, I can sit there going, oh, yeah, yeah, they're in front of a green screen. Right. Yeah. And I I, obviously I got past that. The movie didn't really pick up for me. And I was able to kind of get that out of my head by the time Kang had had abducted, had captured them. And, you know, the the, the story really started going there. I was totally, totally into it. And the, the only other thing where I think the film stumbled a bit was in the the way that they chose to do the very very essential and and uh long exposition dumps which happened several times throughout the movie the one that felt the most awkward to me and this wasn't a long exposition dump but it was like the way that they did it was like well it was modok again and this is nothing mm. to do with the character himself it's just like when it was revealed that they they, they revealed that it's that it's staring cross and and they say, you don't remember? And, and you have all these flashbacks to the first movie. All of a sudden, it was like, uh, I don't know that, why they felt the need to to do that reveal so quickly. They did, really didn't need to reveal him as Darren right off the, the freaking bat. They could have waited on that. Kind of true. I think they really wanted to give him an arc and also to give, I mean, because Corey Stoll obviously went in one day, you know, and probably was with no other actors in a, in a little green screen booth. And they probably wanted to give him something to do. Cause he's like going, yeah, I'll come back, but do I have anything? They're like, Oh no, you get to be funny and pathetic and threatening. You get to do all this. He's like, okay, great. So I think they were like going, let's introduce that first and get rid of the robot voice. Like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just, it's, it just felt that, that, that particular flashback sequence felt, almost apologetic, like, sorry, we don't, we know you're not going to understand this unless we do this for you. I, I think blah, 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 that blah, 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 was, scene, 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 scene. that was for, they were anticipating people going like, um, yeah. I'm lost. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. Right. I mean, even though you have Cassie going, that's the guy who was dressed up as a bumblebee in my bedroom when I was a kid. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they, okay. they, they were referring to it beforehand. So yeah, I feel, I feel like they could have addressed it in dialogue somehow and just, move yeah. past it because like the film's weird enough as it is you don't have to explain every little last i, I just thought that Modoc for me that's what, all the explanation that's yeah. what that's that was one moment i was like don't no, don't do i had made the joke i mean i've been making it for a long time sorry but no i mean it's an obvious joke but i was so happy to see a joke i've often said show up in the movie where it's like oh he's a uh, mechanized organism designed only for killing. I was like, yeah, that's, that's actually Modoff. Modoff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then Scott Lang does great. it. I'm like, yes. Yeah. That was, that was one of, I actually, side note, and this, I think this has more to do with my state of mind at the time. I think I was just tired. I didn't, I really didn't laugh out loud much during the movie, but I, I wasn't cringing. <laughs> A lot of the jokes, oh, yeah. I was like, you know, but, but that moment, the, you know, it's actually, you know, Modoff. And uh, <laughs> then, then it was also uh, Hank Pym's uh, line about socialism when he explains that the ants <laughs> yeah. show up. He goes, "You know, I know socialism is a charged word right now, but we could learn a lot from these ants." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was great. Um, I I don't know why it would be such a charged word. Uh, so many years after the blip, I mean, I it's like I'm sorry, the world has changed a lot. You're not really in 2019 or 2020. Yeah. You're in 2027 or whatever. And, and didn't um, it didn't. 
the length of the movie didn't it didn't strike me as too long or too short while I was watching it. But I I heard some comments from other reviewers later that I kind of agree with, like, oh, it's like barely two hours long or just a little over two hours. Like they were saying, maybe it could have benefited from being a little bit longer. To that's interesting. So they don't, don't have to compress that the exposition into you know yeah. yeah. You know, there was so much they were trying to convey here. I, I wonder if it might have even been better as a two-parter, but I know that they've got a lot of other stuff they're trying to get to. So they, I will say the ending ending, not that it was bad, but the ending ending because of Scott's voiceover, like going like, it's like, well, we took care of him. He's like, wait, isn't he? He yeah. would. And, but the way they're doing it where they're at that birthday party, I'm like, Jesus Christ, don't let the waiter be Kang. <laughs> which he's not but yeah. they were they were kind of implying that he's like oh, i'm sure everything is okay <laughs> i'm like yeah i'm not sure that's a great ending but whatever so it was like sort of a soft cliffhanger in a way yeah, a soft <laughs> he cliffhanger. raised that, that concern yeah. would it which have had they left him in the quantum realm it would have been a hard cliffhanger, dude i can't I, wait I for that. young avengers dude they've yeah. they've already basically brought i mean obviously kate bishop uh hawkeye we have stature now they introduced us to Patriot, who is Isaiah's grandson that they met in Falcon and Winter Soldier, even though in that we don't get any indication that he is kind of super soldiery. But I was like, they've introduced him at least. And they introduced Wanda's two kids, even though, you know, they're kind of in a different reality. I'm like, dude, we've got young Avengers. They're coming. Yeah. I get excited. Yeah. I don't know much. Of, that's one thing I don't. I, I, I know young it's coming because I know great. that yeah, is that okay? Cool. It, it was, and in fact, Iron Lad, who is one of their members, turns out to be a young Kang. Kang, right? Yeah. And, and the that. whole thing is that he knows what he's going to end up as, so he's consciously trying to be a hero and not turn into Kang. It's great. So there you go. So I was going to say, uh, you mentioned the, the 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 living buildings that they created yeah. for this. Yeah. Did did that not remind you of Adventure Time? So I thought they looked a lot like a little bit. It also reminded me there's a lot in this design wise that reminded me of European comics, sci-fi comics like Mobius. Like at one point, uh, Hope's got like this little cap on when they're flying on the creature, you know, they got the, and that creature and the little cap. I'm like, that's Mobius from like the the 1980s, uh, heavy metal. And then they're the, the living houses looked like a European sci-fi comic design, but yeah, also a little bit like adventure time. Um, everything was kind of, you know, very surreal. And, and that is the source of some of the humor. And like I said, I got no problem with weird. I want weird. This is a comic book movie. I think, uh, um, anytime you leave, like I said, leave the earth, but even, you know, Inhumans and stuff. Anytime you deal with Jack Kirby characters, Eternals could have been a lot weirder. Like if you actually went to the comic source, it could have been a lot weirder than what we got. And by the way, I keep seeing people dump on Eternals. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Fuck it, you. It says I'm a lot sorry. that this, like this now being one of the lowest reviewed Marvel films, which is like neck and neck with Eternals, which is not a bad movie. People, it may not be what you're expecting, but it's it's a good. I think movie. that's it. It's not what people are expecting. Like, yeah. man, what drop a shit ton of new characters on us? Expect us to 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 care about them? I'm like, the Marvel universe is a fucking universe, and the thing that's great about it is how expansive it is. And we have people named something man and something lady and woman, but we also have, (laughs) we also have like these quasi mythological gods and we've got weird alien creatures and that's, what's great. I bring up werewolf by night and a lot. And I bring up eternals. I think I said this last time too. It's like, I love that this is a universe that's all connected but you can have movies that are totally different in tone and scope. Eternals is really gorgeous. For one thing shot beautifully, but, but it, it spans history. And these are interesting characters who aren't saving the corner shop. They are fighting a whole other species that that's their entire mission. And then they find out they were played by, they were played by the celestials. It gets really weird and cosmic. Every one of them is different, and yet they all, you know, wacky Star Lord and Rocket Raccoon. They go to nowhere. Nowhere is inside of a celestial head. 
So it's all connected and it's all weird. And you can have a um, strange black and white horror comedy one hour show. And you can have She-Hulk talking to the camera. We're all in the same fucking universe. And I'll also say this. Did you see? I know they pushed the Marvels back, which disappoints me. But did you see that poster? I don't think I did. Official poster release for the Marvels. No, it's I... got, it's got Photon. I don't know what they're going to call her. Quite possibly Photon, but Monica Rambo at the top, yeah. and the energy she's putting out is kind of shaped like the emblem that she canonically had in the comics. And then in the middle, also hovering, is Captain Marvel. Uh, there's Carol Danvers, and she's hovering, and her energy's doing the Captain Marvel star. And then standing on the ground is Kamala Khan, just sort of standing there. And her, you know, her scarf is flying out and her shadow is making the S thing that's on her chest. And I'm just like going, Ooh, God damn it. All three characters I love in one movie. Oh, I can't wait. That's going to be fun. I've turned into a Marvel cinematic zombie where pretty much everything they do so far has pleased or thrilled me. Sometimes both. I have not been. I haven't walked out of a single one, even Thor Dark World, and gone, oh, fuck. <laughs> where, Where is those two hours back? I've always just gone like, yeah, yeah, a little bit more Iron Man for me, a little bit more Thor, yeah. Right. Um, so, again, the everyone's entitled, and there are people that are mocking this movie and crapping on it, but I'm glad you and I both enjoyed our time watching Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania also until i saw the last trailer for it i had no idea that ant man is in quantum mania (laughs) like no like the letters oh that it's in the title of the film yes they they do this thing where it's quantum mania and then like the q and u i was like that makes it so much cooler (laughs) (laughs) oh i didn't i haven't noticed that either okay yeah it's like the, the q and U. yes okay because ant man is in quantum mania and so the words go away and it's like ant man quantum i was like that is brilliant okay it's <laughs> just like when i was a kid and i realized that giant man is still ant man with a gi in front of it i'm like stan lee's a genius <laughs> it's like he turns small then what if he gets really big? Then he's a giant man. Do you see what? I'm hey, Jack, come in here. <laughs> giant man gets big. Okay. I'll take credit for that. Oh, no. I'll take credit for everything. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, true believers. This is Stan Lee. I invented bread. Anyway, um,. <laughs> But I, I got nothing but love for Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I'm still waiting to see what James Gunn does with DC. And um, speaking of which, uh, which just dropped the news this Monday that I guess there people was a need to be much more careful. So many things are dropping. Yeah. It's like, guys, what do we have to put towels on the floor all the time? <laughs> I think we do. <laughs> um, but there, apparently there's a test screening for Aquaman, too. And the report is not good so mm. far whatever that that's worth. So, um, but I, I did notice that James Gunn said very little about Aquaman in his announcement. He says, and then we have Aquaman too. And then we, you know, he had nothing else to say about it except it's coming out basically. I mean, be- I, between this I, film and that film, I liked Aquaman. I did not love Aquaman. I didn't see it. Really? Confession. The one thing that it encouraged, uh, I was encouraged by, it was also after Wonder Woman, it was one where they're like going, oh, wait, color maybe not, m- may not be such a bad thing. Right. So it kind of pops. And I, I like the design of Atlantis. <laughs> and I liked that they included things that I didn't think they would, like giant seahorses being ridden, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's comics. I love it. Some of it was really okay. It's just that Momoa, his Aquaman, Momoa is his own thing, and I love the guy. But that's kind of just, I'm like, yeah, that's not Arthur Curry to me. Mm -hmm. Though they do give him a comics-accurate suit. You know, he ends up in the orange and green. 
He's got the trident. Awesome. Uh, Mira looks good. And uh, I will not discuss what I think of the woman playing Mira, but um, she she looks the part. So in other words, it was kind of Aquaman-y. Black Manta was really good. And I will say Patrick, um, why am I blanking? Patrick Wilson, uh, who was Night Owl and in uh watchman oh, yes. uh was a really good ocean master and at the end of it ends up with like kind of the classic ocean master mask it was like oh my god they did that it's like they're trying they're like here you go brendan here's a, here you go here yeah. you go brendan and i'm like yeah i just wish this were better well <laughs> this is all you're getting but here yeah. you go <laughs> um so aquaman 2 not good that's um sad yeah flash looks pretty great very excited yeah. we've talked about that we haven't really seen anything for blue beetle or no right? it's true yeah. me i'm just waiting for creature commandos yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, have you watched hello tomorrow at all yet no i haven't no? Okay. Uh, i am kind of under the gun work wise uh, work know. as in what i do and don't get paid for but yeah i'm a little under the gun so I haven't had a chance. I really want to. Um, I did get to watch the latest Poker Face, uh, and I did watch Picard episode one. Oh yeah, me too. So. What'd you think? <laughs> it's a little too early to to Come pass on, judgment. Wasn't that no, an yeah, awesome was, first it was, episode? It was. I wouldn't say it was awesome. I was. It's I was next generation kind of goodness. Yeah, I know. Nothing has happened yet. <laughs> I'll say one thing that made me fun. I, I I like it so far. I don't really have any quibbles with it. This one thing I thought was funny that Picard gets this 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 uh, urgent encrypted message from Beverly Crusher. Yeah, and his first thing first thing he does is he goes to Riker like, yeah, number one, uh, Beverly appears to be in trouble. How about we meet at the bar and we'll, we'll discuss it over yeah. a couple of drinks in a leisurely manner. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It was yeah, just a that, little. That kind little, of is true. There's, there's strange. not. And he also. I'll wear my cap. Well, he <laughs> also first sits down with his hot Romulan yeah. Scottish babe and talks about it with her. Right. Then goes, hangs out with Riker to talk about it. It is a little bit like, yeah, I'm sure she'll going, be fine. Hey, hey, I'm, yeah. I'm sure she'll be fine. <laughs> so. And it's one yeah. of the most obvious setups in history where it's like going, why did she ghost us? It's been like. 20 years i'm like that would be long enough for her to have picard's son out of wedlock yep yep pretty sure she's gonna have a 20 year old son who's gonna be a young picard oh yeah 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 so I, right. yeah I, I like that they address that too because it was you know the fact that she wasn't and in the first I will two say series gates mcfadden with the long gray hair she looks great man yes and um, in the background here, <laughs> it worked. Gates, yeah. holy shit! Hey, Brendan, I gotta go. Yeah, and I, I do love, I do, I do love that Riker's in the story. You know, not just there for a couple episodes. And their know. banter, my, I think their my banter is the reason you're watching it, man. Yeah. My They're favorite, one of my favorite episodes other. in season one was when when Riker and Troy when they go to their house. Dude, all I could say was, and I've Shield been making up. the joke <laughs> for his house. <laughs> Everything I, I'm watching going like uh, on this, I'm sitting there going, damn, I hope they make pizza soon. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like Riker and Troy, like, hey, look at this. It's again, my problem is everybody in the future, like, she's listening to songs from the thirties. She's listening to like this vintage music. And it's like, what's that playing? He's like, it's old classics that I, I put together a, a mixtape for Beverly. Uh, so she's playing my, and I'm like going, why are you guys obsessed with the stuff that to us is old? <laughs> yeah. Why isn't it like, why aren't they listening to some kind of crazy thrash punk shit and going like, Oh, ancient earth music. Mm hmm. It's like, yeah, that's it's a like, very oh, old the cramps. next generation trope. I know. Yeah. It's like they're all just so in love with genteel stuff that to us is vintage. Yeah. To them, what's vintage should be music <laughs> like this, we haven't even heard yet. Right. Like, culturally, stuff nothing in the interesting week. happened between. You know, I know. <laughs> no, why aren't they sitting there going it, like, oh, do I love One Direction? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You've never heard of them? An ancient yeah. earth group. 
<laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's great always that... like Jelly Roll Morton. I'm like, shut right. the fuck up. <laughs> and, and you know, wood pizza ovens. I'm like, fuck, get back on your replicator, Ricard. Picard and Riker. I called him Ricard. Oh, I've combined them. Ricard, now. yeah. Ricard. Um, but anyway, I did enjoy it. And uh, yes, we will see where it goes. Yeah. It's good to have Jonathan Frakes in front of the camera again, because I know he's so into Trek. He's been directing a lot of these these tries. He's done, he's directed episodes of almost every Trek thing since Next Generation. He's in a lot of direction, actually. So it, it makes sense that he's seeing him on screen. He's, he's so good. It's just immediately, oh, it's Riker cool and he's being yeah. Riker, and he's, and he's got he's, his beard and he's, yeah. he, he came to play it just and that's true with all the, the all the all the um, original cast i've seen in the show so far i just one thing is i know that this is spoiler by the way but it's not really a spoiler because it's in the in the trailers we've seen that lore is in the show yeah looking looking age appropriate to brent yeah. spiner as you know they're not trying to de-age him or anything and i'm thinking why couldn't they just do that with data now after they've killed him off you know they, they had to do all this awkward makeup and stuff on him to try to yeah. make it you know i mean come on whatever you are never pleased but i'm glad when that it comes to track you're never pleased i'm glad that laura's back because that, that was kind of a question before is like where's laura and uh and i'm glad that they're not trying to make him look young I mean, yeah you know, yeah yeah i mean it'd that, be cool if they could do a really good cgi like like they did with young luke but they're they're not going to do that. Obviously, they're not so. going to do that. You need and to they let probably it go. Will have an explanation for why he looks old. One thing I thought was funny in that first episode was they do that <sighs> bit at the bar where he's like going, "No one's buying the Enterprise D," and the lady's like going, "Oh no, the, 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 the fat one? Yeah, no one wants that one." <laughs> and he's like, "Fat? That's a consolation, you know? It's it's all funny." <laughs> yeah. But then when they get on the Titan and the Titan pulls out, it's been redesigned. I'm sitting there going. That's fatter than the Enterprise D. Yeah. And that's that is a contemporary craft for them. I'm like going, that's the thickest, chunkiest looking thing I've seen on Star Trek. So why are they mocking the Enterprise D? Yeah, that thing that was, puts it to shame. Yeah. Um, but it is the Titan. One thing I thought and was I kind of funny. I think that the the captain of the Titan, the Shaw guy, yes, that's, that's a refreshing Federation bad guy. Yeah. Like it, it's a good character, like one that we haven't really seen before. I thought it was funny that they they really telegraphed. Okay, this guy's an asshole. He's not just an asshole. He's he's an asshole like all the time. Every single yeah. line of dialogue he says is like "fuck all of you people." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I resent everything about you being here. And uh, I I've, I have a feeling I, I I'm, I'm hoping this is the case because he didn't when he comes out and he he realizes what um, Seven has done, and who and and he's you'd think he would immediately relieve her of duty, but he doesn't. I know. Uh, he said, oh, you're in trouble now. So I, I'm kind of wondering if he's going to kind of come to their side and realize, you know, it just seems I like think they're setting him up to die and we'll all be happy when he dies. Okay. That he, was kind of a I, soft I mean, he's not the big bad. Asshole. It right. is true. It's true. So I, I thought it was weird that he walked out and went. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, really? You're just going to wag your finger? I, it was an interesting thing too that they seven when he, she she shows up and Picard introduces her to Riker. So this is seven of nine. And she goes, actually, uh, Captain prefers I use Annika. Yeah, and she looks really put off. Yeah, <laughs> she's really annoyed. But I also love. I mean, I loved in Picard season one, just like oh seven and nine in Picard. I mean, people that haven't met, I just I fucking love it. In this case, Riker's like going, "Well, I've heard a lot about you. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I may have." Uh, <clears throat> looked up some of your photographs. It looked like on the uh, Hotel on the, Diana <laughs> on the crew of the Titan. It looks like there's very quickly they see uh, an alien who looks like the the race that Odo was. Uh, very briefly, I forget what uh, his race was called. Yes, it was either that or the race that's on uh, on uh, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, a, a little bit. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Oh, oh like the Saru, the uh, one that yeah. Doug Jones plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, they may be doing that, and we've got a Bajoran. Okay, uh, I didn't see that. The the Bajoran is working some controls up there. Has the thing and the little nose ridges. So yeah, I mean, they're doing the standard Star Trek. Like, oh, there's a and there's a and there's a mm-hmm. and there's a. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I, the report, the early reports on this series is that it's going to be uh, really good. So, okay, I'm, I do All have right. high hopes for it, but I, it's going to be, you know, I'm still, I'm still reeling from season two. You really uh, are. I'll, I'll be okay. 
Yeah. You're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. <laughs> um, so we, should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. That was, that was nice and concise. Ish. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't bring up anything from the seventies. I didn't uh, bring up another salvage one. I like that you turned that into a little segment. That was, I was that so was fascinated good. by that. that I never heard of it. Yeah. Um, and you found clips. Yeah. And you found clips from Lost Saucer. I had that once I pulled that up, I used to watch it as a kid. I'd forgotten the song. The song is so good. It was like, it's like, I have to put this in here and risk getting a copyright strike. I don't care. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. So good. I wonder who would come after you for that. Uh, but- uh, uh. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, it is good. UFO, fire and foam. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'll be on your cover album. I can't wait for that. When you finally yeah. put that out, like like Bowie's pinups, you'll be doing a cover album of Saturday morning TV theme songs. Marshall, <laughs> Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. You start doing <laughs> Land of the Lost. Yeah. Uh, anywho, uh, well, thanks, Mr. Man. Um, I look forward to next week, whatever we'll be talking about. I'll probably be just as stressed and uh, under the gun next week. That'll be awesome. Yeah, we'll find something easy and, and non-threatening to talk about. <laughs> well, I really do no, hope means. to watch a couple of those shows that we were talking about before. Hello Hello tomorrow. tomorrow is very good. I'll say I, that. I look forward to that. And what was the other one with uh, with our friend? Uh, Mr. Gaffigan? Uh, yeah, Mr. Gaffigan. That comes out this week, I believe. I think what it was it out, called again? Uh, linoleum. Oh, Linoleum, right. Okay. With Ray Seahorn. Yep. Oh, big crush. Um anyway, so that's good. We'll talk then. Take care right, of yourself. Bye. Uh, and we hate to stop.